everybody. That's great. We've got people from Ecuador. We've got people from Wales, Massachusetts, Brilliant. USA. Fantastic. Hello, Cheryl Bell. This is fantastic, Fiona. This is amazing. I genuinely thought it was going to be me and John talking to one other person, if that. So we're really chuffed you're all here. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Sharon from the Netherlands. Hello, Helen from Naples. Donna from Alaska. This Germany. is so cool. People are just making these places up, Angela. It's Alaska Road. No, Alaska does exist, John. It does exist. I've been there. No, I meant pretending to be from there. They're from Alaska <laughs> Road in Deutschland. Deutschland. Narnia. We've got, Caroline Smith is calling from Narnia. <laughs> That's very impressive. So Amazing. So, so many new people. So, oh, my gosh. We're up right. to like, over, like, nearly 50 now. This is quite incredible. Hello. But this, you know what this means, John, don't you? It means that people actually listen to I know, it's amazing. You, you <laughs> never know. We never know when you put these things out. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry, really. I feel like I've got to be a bit more careful what I say now. I know people actually listen. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, well, should we, um, um, should, we, should we kick off with some questions, do you think? Yeah. Let's we do it. Right, so, Fantastic. Okay, yeah. well, what have we got? We've got Sarah Tennant and Eleanor Spatchett both actually sent very similar question to you both which is um is there anyone or any part of history that you've point blank crossed off the list like refused to cover um don't want to go there and if so why oh good question sarah from scotland good evening yeah i think john you'd agree there's not an area that we've gone we're absolutely not covering that apart from repeal of the corn laws for the sole reason that it just bores our tits off that's no, the only thing we've gone let's not do that i'd be interested <laughs> to rise to the challenge of making that interesting um so okay you're not doing that next episode i'll write that down john's doing repeal of the corn laws next it's, series it's, it's one of those things that sounds really boring but it's really important because it split the tory party and uh, the irish famine is in there and it's land versus industry. It's got everything. It's like, I, Sorry, I, mu- I completely glazed over then, John. Were you still talking? I want to do a musical about the repeal of the Corn Laws now. <laughs> I think I think for us that it's tricky, isn't it? Because we're very aware that we're two sort of white British people, and you want to kind of cover a wide range of subjects as you know, as far as possible. The, the way we choose things has been really just on whatever floats our boat hasn't it we haven't sat yeah. down and gone right we've got to make sure we cover this that because this is a passion project of ours we're not you know it's not for a channel that wants us to cover certain things or anything like that but i do think that we we do try and do for example um stories about black history but we just have to make really sure that we we're doing it you know with an awareness of who we are and our voices and that we're not projecting who we are onto that history it's quite a tricky sort of line to follow that isn't it yeah i mean i i like to explain feminism to angela yes uh, does that quite uh, a lot. yeah so i do things like women's suffrage and women's rights in ireland and, and angela's like oh this is so interesting i didn't know anything about this was it unfair yeah, that's, right, John. that's exactly what happened i had no idea that women had such issues i like how you say that you chose to do women's suffrage you actually chose to do the campaign against women's suffrage if i remember right we don't hear enough of those voices as well. <laughs> wow um, nice so i would say yeah i'd say just one other addendum on that there are things you go well do we want to add to this particular narrative so a friend of mine wrote a book about white Europeans who were captured by North African pirates and enslaved. 
And we talked about, do we want to do a podcast on the Europeans who are put to slavery? And this sort of, it's the sort of thing that would just give the sort of GB news lot such a sort of, yeah, see, it was on both sides. And we just think we don't really need to particularly add to that sort of narrative. You know, the victims of the slave trade were black people, let's be honest. Um, so I didn't want to do about any uh, something that might have been uh, whataboutery and might have ended up sort of helping people or on the enemy, or the enemy of progress and equality. So that was sort of like, we talked that one out i think so that's an example yeah. of something we thought no i don't think we want to do that John, yeah it's an interesting story but actually our contribution to that debate it just wouldn't have been helpful for anyone for us to come yeah. on that i don't think yeah oh nice bit of merch you've got there john where where did that come from <laughs> oh oh i just happened to have this oh, here no. oh what a coincidence I'm, I'm, i was just sipping the grabbing the nearest mug wow. and um it oh, suits so hot you, in this sir. Shirt. It suits oh you. god i feel so hot um, <laughs> i can't believe you've got a t-shirt and i haven't it's uh it's on a, on a hierarchy. You have to pay oh, more. Enough. You have to sign <laughs> up for a better patron than you've signed up for. Anyway. Not not only do you get paid more for doing the podcast for being a man, I have to wait for the merch. I mean, oh. come on. Oh my goodness. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Big, big accusations you're throwing at Podmasters. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, John Rennie would. <laughs> I'm actually paid more than John, but he doesn't know that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, John John Rennie was actually asking in like relation to the last question. He was saying, do you think you might actually bring in any guests, especially for things you're not comfortable with, or or you? I mean, from my point of view, I really enjoy the dynamic that you have because you're very clearly you don't talk. You know, you're you're not historians. You're not trying to kind of uncover the secret truth. It's like actually, it's not a, it's not just about that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's about your relationship as well. I think you're right. I think that's part of that. We've had one episode with a guest. We had um, Hallie Rubenhold. Is that her name? Rubenhold. Yes. If I got that yes. right, yes. Um, when we discussed the five, the victims of Jack the Ripper, and that was really fascinating because she'd written the book and John knew her, and she came in. And that's the only time we've had a guest and it worked really nicely. But I think that the difference between our podcast, maybe in other history podcasts, is that we're not experts teaching you. We are learning at the same time you are. So we might have read the books a week earlier, but we're not experts, you know, imparting our wisdom. We're, we're going, listen to this interesting thing we've just found out about, we want to tell you about. And I think that's the sort of different thing about our podcast that we're not, it's not a lesson in history. It's just a sort of more of a kind of book club almost, isn't it? Yeah. I've got a couple of friends who are both historians and I've mentioned both of them to Angela's possible guests. And I just found out they're starting a podcast together. So I think the bottom, well, they can the, get screwed then. The bottom line is <laughs> we, we don't know anyone who's a historian who hasn't got their own <laughs> podcast already. So yeah, there is that as well. Yeah. We yeah. have thought about it. Um, you know, there's been a few episodes where we've read books from, I was going to say, written by people that we know, written by people that John knows, let's be honest. Right. And um, we thought, oh, we could get that. There's an episode in the next series that we've just recorded um, based on a book written by the Labour MP, Chris Bryan. And we discussed that, didn't we? Sort of maybe interviewing yeah. him. And then we thought, actually, we quite like it. The way we do it, I think, and and the, he's done it. He's done podcasts talking about the book. He's done interviews in newspapers talking about the book. And actually, this is something different. It's because it's partly about the chemistry between me and Angela, and about you know the fact that I'm a posh bloke and she's you know a less posh woman. And the you fun say, we have with it. say it, John. Say what you want to say. Less posh. 
Oh, I, I think it's I think it's good, great to have four sugars in your tea. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, I know, I've, I've displayed your book on my bookshelf and everything. Oh, oh thank you. I didn't think to do that. Um, Only yeah. one of them because I couldn't find the others. I can only find one. Somebody just saying they John 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 Rennie is just saying, I remember the Halle Rubin sold episode and I bought the book. Well that's great. we love that. We love it when yeah. people hear the podcast and think oh, I'm going to actually read more about that. And that's why we don't mind, you know, liberally mining their books to talk about them because they get sales and it's great. We, somebody we had somebody, I can't remember who it was. There was an author who tweeted us after an episode and said, I wondered why suddenly my book sales have gone up. Oh, <laughs> I suddenly yeah. sold a load of books that week. And I was going to work out why. And it's because of your thing. Yeah. So that's, yeah, we really like that. That's why we always tell people what we've read and, you know, yeah. especially if it's something that we've really enjoyed because that's, you get so much, you know, we just give you a taster of it, obviously, in an yeah. hour. Right. Well, let me see what's next. Um, we've got so many questions coming in as well. Angela, who, Jennifer would like to know, who is your favourite Cold War woman? Since you are the, the Cold War woman. My favourite Cold War Oh, well, I think I should answer this one. If I could just come in. <laughs> I'll just sit this out and let John speak loudly over me. That's how that works. No, um, it's a good question. It's a, it's a tricky one because a, a lot of women did a lot of things in the Cold War, but we don't know their names. There was a lot, to, particularly at the end of the Cold War in the 1989 revolutions and all of the stuff that went on across Eastern Europe, a lot of those peaceful revolutions were... You know, it was women starting them or women certainly taking part in them, but we don't necessarily know their names because they don't make the history books, for, you know, when you do things quietly um, in the background. So my favourite... Co- I mean, it's tempting to say people... Like, you know, your favourite Cold War woman doesn't mean you necessarily agree with everything they did and said, but someone like, I suppose, Agent Sonia really is World War Two, although she was, you know, she was still post-World War Two passing secrets to the Soviets, but, you know, kick ass in her own way, you know, in a world of men. Um, but I think I think the women that John and I have discussed on the podcast that really affected both of us, actually, and, and was the Green and Common women. Would you agree with that, Yeah, John? that's a really good one. Um, just the sort of, just the quite, the sort of uh, determination of some of those women who just against all the odds just kept um, turning up and doing what they thought was right. Uh and there was a woman who lost her life there, and we dedicated that episode to her. So uh, there's something very heroic about them. I was going to actually say favourite Cold War woman. I would say Margaret Thatcher for single-handedly you know, ending the Cold War all on her own. You know, I, I mean, you know my said politics. that just to wind you up. I almost said, well, you know, just because she I was mean, the only female I mean, big player, really. But yeah, She ended the Cold War all by herself. Amazing. Um, there are lots of Americans who think that Reagan ended the Cold War by, just by going to Berlin and say, tear down this wall. And that, and then it came down. And it's like... It came down three years later or yeah, something, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, those Green and Common, that's a good call, Angela. And I thought that was a good... That was a, uh, an episode I was proud of. Yeah, we really got some, and and um, it's Helen John, wasn't it? Was the first woman, yes, the yeah. woman from Cardiff who just yeah. sort of just did it, had it, and then dedicated her whole life really to yeah, yeah, and, and, and paid a personal price, you know. Um, really but then did. there's people all over. The trouble with women in history, as we may have noticed, you may have noticed, they tend to get slightly forgotten. So there's all these um, amazing women, you know, across Eastern Europe uh, who were battling away and being courageous and 
you know, they're not they're not Gorbachev and they're not, you know, uh, Vaclav Havel or whatever. And mm. sometimes their stories aren't told. That's partly our responsibility to find those. Yeah, there's a real, um, you know, I've read quite a lot in, obviously Cold War history is my area of where I'm a bit of a nerd, and particularly East Germany. And you read a lot, particularly about East German socialism, about how it was a sort of feminist regime in many ways, that women had more equality and that they had more. And there's an argument for that in as much as, you know, women were working and there was free childcare and there were things to... But the the motivations for that weren't really feminist as much as, you know, it was all hands on deck, really, and women were in that. And so I'm not sure... It's a tricky one because, you know, can you say that women had equal rights or, or that women had rights at all when they had no freedoms? You know, it's a, it's a tricky one. But it does mean that there were women all over Eastern Europe doing incredible things. Um, and, and in the resistance in East Germany, in our, um, it was in the Stars for Poets episode, you might remember, there was the girl, Annegret Golin, was it Golin, I want to say, who had written that poem. She'd written like just a short poem about the concrete blocks that were going up, the the von blocks, the um, housing blocks. And she wrote a poem about it and, and was arrested as a dissident for writing a poem about wow. social housing, you know. And, and then the rest of her life, she was stopped from going to university. She was stopped from doing the career she wanted to do for this quiet little act of rebellion. And there were women doing that all over Eastern Europe during the cold war Amazing. and of course there were there were female spies you had your daphne parks and your you know the equivalents in the us that were um probably as active in running those networks in getting intelligence as any men were but just more quietly getting on with it because they weren't suspected because they were women with children or whatever so very under the radar we've got a message here from someone saying i was a green and common woman so thank you which is great. Oh, wow. um, she's had to actually change her name. She now goes by the name Samsung SM S908B. But that's a Samsung. Thank you, Samsung. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's uh, that's great to hear. That's absolutely amazing. Um, Someone else has just asked, Kenneth asked, does, he didn't remember the Green and Common episode. What number is it? I can't find the number, but I know that it was out in March mm. 2022. So it's quite there a while go. ago. So if you scroll right back through your player, because I was going to say, all these amazing episodes we're talking about, they are available, like, in perpetuity yeah, so uh oh, oh there we are gosh, someone's popped Fiona. it in season five oh. episode seven well done Fiona, Fiona. Work with us. oh Thank my god you. we've got a link oh and oh a link god, god you guys are good yeah <laughs> i mean that is one thing about doing this podcast is that they stay uh list you can listen to them you know in a year's time and all the podcasts like the news agents those guys are getting huge numbers but it's not gonna last you're not gonna listen to that in a year's time <laughs> um so i'm glad we're not doing a topical mm -hmm. podcast and uh, you know but mm -hmm. i learned it's something that i can listen to in 10 years time if we still have the technology Definitely. um but yeah, so it's there's the things that are evergreen, which is good, I think. Um, Catherine was yeah. uh she asked, has the podcast taken you in different directions than you thought it would? Um, what what new topics have you really got into? So obviously, Angela, you're a like you say, Cold War, War nerd. Has there been other areas that you've suddenly thought like has has John has John remember... sparked your interest in feminism? <laughs> <laughs> I had no interest at all until John explained it to me. Um, no, I think when I first approached John to do the podcast, I think my idea or my first approach to you was to do a podcast about 20th century history. Yeah. That was my initial pitch to John. 
And I think John was a bit worried we'd run out of history quite quickly uh, if we did that. And and I so I was a little bit like, oh, because that's my interest is sort of modern history. Um, and so I was a bit sort of, oh, because I think, again, like so many people, I've been scarred by history lessons at school. You know, I didn't pursue history at school. Uh, I wish I had, but I didn't because didn't have great history teachers, wasn't interested. And for me, I felt like, you know, talking about medieval kings and queens, you might as well have been talking, you know, it was the same as listening to Princess of the Pea, as far as I was concerned. I, could, I didn't know where fairy tales ended and, you know, real story, historical medieval tales began. And it just didn't do it for me. I liked hearing about real people and I liked hearing about people that I could imagine their lives. You, you well, know, that's, and, that's, and, yeah, that's part of our job is to make those old people real. But, I mean, yeah. we did one of the Battle of Hastings, and Angela was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And then I ended up going, and the, all the having the French invaders is why snobby people drink wine, and we're not allowed to have beer at weddings. And Angela was like, yes, yes! yes I'm on <laughs> And she suddenly got all passionate, you know, and it was like, oh, wow, I found the way to unlock Angela's uh, enthusiasm. It was talked about the Saxons and alcohol, and suddenly we were, yeah. we were flying. <laughs> but you made it about real people, and that's the thing, I think, that we try and do. We do, we do have episodes where we talk about... Do you know, we haven't done many sort of kings and queens. Um, no, I did start um, one really... on a Magna Carta, and I, we both got a bit bored, didn't we, and stopped again. Yeah, that's right, I don't want to yeah. do that. So I think that's, that's what put people off at school, and for us it's that sort of social history is what floats our boat a bit more. Yeah. And I think I just kind of not really engaged with that pre 18th 19th century really and so um thanks to the podcast i sort of have a bit so yeah it definitely definitely taken me in a direction i didn't expect it would i mean john had written a musical about the black death so (laughs) you're already back there somebody's asked us a question about something rotten i saw that come up they said would we do another theater when we did child actors didn't we maybe we'll do oh yeah yeah maybe we'll do another theater thing i don't know uh it's about angela basically took did chose the child actors one to take the mickey out of me as a child actor. And I've actually found the photo that we shared the photo on there. This is me as, because we talked about, this was when we talked about uh, the princes in the tower. This is me as a child actor on the BBC talking about um, the, one of the princes of the tower, which I played. So there I am. Look at that. Uh, look, look at little John O'Farrell with your 70s hairdo. I decided to look interpret the character as, da- as David Cassidy. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, so John Child That's Star. Were you also yeah. in Winnie the Pooh? I was, but I'm not gonna put that picture up. It's nothing to do with history. That's a proper historical yes. context that's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very funny. So talk- yeah. And he was in a horror film, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I've done all of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hidden this is history. This is interesting history too. This is, yeah. yeah, this is the history of John O'Farrell. This is like we've suddenly sprung this is your life on you. <laughs> Got a big red book here. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> um actually take talking about that, that kind of on that theme, I guess. So Matt says, looking back, do you think that history starts yesterday? because yesterday is gone or do you have to go back a generation like around 25 years for a topic to be considered as history that would allow the fall of the Berlin Wall to be included I mean this kind of makes us all feel a bit old if you're talking about things within our lifetime that's history Uh, but do you have rules with that like where do you guys stand no because we did in January 2021 we did an episode about 2020 yeah. <laughs> so so I think pandemic. that answers your yeah. question about the pandemic yeah yeah I think generally you get more perspective with a certain amount of distance and it becomes you know 
more evidence is gathered people write books about it so you know we tend to base our episodes on a book uh so you know the the the, the epic memoir of liz truss's premiership has yet to be written uh maybe one day we'll do that it, John. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think we, I think a bit of uh, distance is helpful for our purposes in terms of you know looking at it with twenty twenty vision. See what I did there, Angela? Hey, clever. Well, otherwise it is just us commenting on current affairs, then it becomes a sort of topical. Yeah, uh, yeah almost. Yeah. I think we. It depends on what the the subject is. I I suppose. I think we've. Um, yeah, twenty twenty. I think is that was a bit of an anomaly obviously we've done things sort of when we did the history of christmas number one so obviously we go to the beginning of that and brought it up to present day but yeah. um yeah i think you, there needs to be enough material on a topic for us to do a podcast on it that's the key yeah isn't it? yeah i've got a yeah. i can see a question here uh Amory, if you don't mind me jumping in somebody's asking to see john's piece of the berlin wall angela always teases me he about hasn't got not one. having not Doesn't having have a, one don't believe I it have, i have to confess some people who listen to the patreon event might have heard me talk about this i had to confess to angela that i didn't have a piece of the berlin wall i have two pieces of the berlin wall there they are look at those beauties genuine I think you'll all agree with no, me they could be any old bits of rock look no, at that even the graffiti. Any look old at bits that. of rock no, there's graffiti on that bit that actually said it's, you know, it's john o'farrell was here that's what are you talking about now you've seen it you can compare them to yours kirsty thanks for the question <laughs> there you go the ultimate myth debunked or proved. Oh, I don't buy it. He just <laughs> chiseled up a bit of his driveway. I'm not having it. <laughs> right, what am I going to go for next? Oh, wow. There's so many great ones. Let me have a look. All right, this is quite fun. So, um... Hang on a minute. I'll just Can I just say, have I smeared Vaseline on my camera lens? Because it looks good. Cheeky bugger. No, I don't think so. Am I Am I a bit Am I a bit foggy? I think it's just your Wi-Fi, Angela. It might be it's on Kenneth. I mean, we've worked together for 10 years and we've never relied on your Wi-Fi, have we? No, that's true. I'm just pixelated. Yeah. That's all it is. It might be Kenneth. It might be Kenneth's glasses. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, give your glasses a wipe, can it? <laughs> um, right, so it says, let's see, if you, Punam asks, if you could be present at any historical event, which would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question, Angela. I think mine's a bit obvious, isn't it? Oh, fall- it what, what else would I say? It's got to be the fall of the Berlin Wall. Do you know what? That's, sort um, of, that's not sort of impossible in your lifetime. That's what's the shame no. about that. Well, as we know, as listeners to the podcast will know, I'd have had two reasons to celebrate that day because it was also my birthday. <laughs> it came down on the 9th of November, 1989, Angela Barnes's 13th birthday. Ah, oh, sweet. Um, so, yeah, I w- you know, to, to have been there around that time would have been incredible. It feels like a really obvious cop-out answer from me, but I haven't, it, it is the truth. That's the, well, the moment I don't know. I'd There's go back so many. to. I, I, um, I don't know. I think I would like to have been at something that, might have informed me more about it uh so so to have present to have to have been seen the atmosphere for example when chamberlain came back from munich and ev- everyone was going he's a hero and i could have gone to everyone two years later no you were in favor of it as well you and they would have gone no i thought at the time it wasn't going to work out so that i'm quite interested in that sort of bits of history that people have changed their mind on 
but also to be in London on VE Day. What a what a party oh, that must yeah. have been. You would have kissed been, some uh, sailors, wouldn't you, John? I would have kissed the sailors and 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 you know, um just to have the the dancing and the the singing in Trafalgar Square, just that sense of relief that it was all over must have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, what a country, really. But yeah. something where ordinary people were involved yeah that would have been quite something i think that's similar isn't it though to the fall of the berlin wall it's that yeah. sort of a celebratory some the end of something oppressive and awful um and the feelings and the parties and the you know that, that go with that i think yeah quite or similar answers, it's either really. well, either those two or when ed davey became leader of the liberals those are the big three <laughs> oh <laughs> brilliant oh, um olivia Nib- is it niblock i think or niblock i'm not sure so sorry olivia um she has requested she's on the call uh she says of all the books that you've read while researching which one was your favorite she bought the Susanna stapleton book on maud west after the podcast oh ah brilliant i'll tell you what angela introduced me to um the brilliant book of Stasi Land by Anna Funda. And that's just such a good read. I mean, it's not just the subject, but it's just really well executed. So I would say that's up there for me as one of them. I would also pick out Hallie Rubenhold for changing the history on something. She has basically, with that one book, changed the narrative on Jack the Ripper. And now anyone who goes, oh, we're organising a Jack the Ripper theme night, people go, that's not okay. And uh, these are the women, you can read about them here. So I think that's, I've got great admiration for what she's done there and all the crap she got from amateur ripperologists, as they call themselves, for for not, for not you know, following them. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I mean, again, it's the obvious answer for me, but Starzyland was kind of a book that started all this in, in a, for me in many ways. Um, and it's so beautiful. I've been lucky enough to interview Anna Funder who wrote it. Um, and it's just so accessible and so many incredible stories in it. That if you haven't read it yet, please do. Um, I'm trying to think what I've read. We've read so much. It all, I can't, I know I'll come off this call and think of six brilliant books that, I've really enjoyed. I think actually I really enjoyed the Maud West book. That was really fun um, because it was written in such um, a, a sort of Agatha Christie style. Yeah. You know, her, and, and it was a lot of the books we read are quite heavy and, uh, you know, sort of trying to get through pages and pages of quite tedious conferences or whatever. Whereas that was just pure yeah sort of fun i'm lucky that i'm uh I, i'm a member of the london library which is like a lending library a private lending library in the central london with a million books and i can walk along the shelves and sort of pick out the books and read a couple of pages and i go oh this is this is up my up my street or alternatively well this is dry and i sort of put them back and that's sometimes how i make my decision walking along those shelves mm-hmm. and picking out those books you know um so that's a great uh sort of privilege it's, really on the- i mean it's a bit of a spoiler alert but i really enjoyed um well, there's no, it doesn't matter, does it? I can say what we do as an episode about coming up. But I really enjoyed, I read um, Glamour Boys by Chris Bryant. Um, and we're yeah. doing an episode on that. And I really uh, enjoyed that book. I, it was, it's very um, accessible. Again, really interesting story. And um, you'll hear more about it soon. Yeah. We've recorded it. <laughs> and, we can rem- and we can remember that book because it was the last month or so. <laughs> Two weeks ago I read it. <laughs> it is incredible though, isn't it? The difference it makes if someone just has that gift for for writing well. Do you know what I mean? And being able to actually Absolutely. speak to, to people 
because there's because obviously even the people who write these really dense historical books like they put so much effort into it so much work years of research and it's such a shame if it's just not kind of easy to read it's it's just such a waste oh, in that yeah. respect it, it sort of d- depends where it's aimed as well because there's a lot of stories that we come across and the only things written about it because i might read an article and go oh that's really interesting i'll see if there's a book about that and the only book is actually you know an academic piece mm-hmm. on it um but so sometimes we'll do episodes where it's based on an article really um you know, something that we've read that there might only be a couple of articles about or, you know, a piece, a, quite a heavy, dry book that I might sort of dip into and, um, you know, sort of sort of use as reference or whatever. But, yeah, there's... there's um, it, it's really helpful. If a book really excites you, then you're excited to do the podcast about that. And I've just seen somebody's um, just put in the... They're about Katja Hoyer's book on East Germany, which I've just started, actually. She's got a slightly different angle on things and she's... Uh, tackling the whole sort of idea of nostalgia and uh, things, so I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, somebody somebody else has asked whilst we're on this. Uh, many history books are long and detailed. This is Ian Robinson from Chorley. How do you have the time to read them and retain the information? Angela, would you like to answer that one? <laughs> no chops. Oh, God, I am so bad at this. So this is something I need to get better at. I, uh, listeners to the podcast will know that I am not neurotypical. I have ADHD and my brain works in a slightly wonky way. And part of the issues that I have is I don't have what's called a working memory, really. So... I read things and pretty instantly forget them unless I've read them many, many, many times. Um, And I think that's why I feel comfortable in this narrow bit of history that I've read so much about that I feel like I've absorbed and I understand and I know and can recall facts about. Whereas if I'm reading something that I know nothing about, I, if I, so if I read a book, I, I can't sort of read the whole book and then sort of go, right, I've bookmarked the bits that are interesting. I have to take notes on the whole thing so that I have a reference to what I've just read. Otherwise, I get to the end of the book and I don't remember any of it. And what that means is that my process for doing these episodes is so long. And so, for example, there's an episode we did last week and I spent four 12-hour days writing making notes from a book before then writing (laughs) which is insane for the amount of money we make on the podcast but it's a passion project and i do love it and it's my sort of hobby you know and i keep going i've got to find a better way to do this and my husband and john are both going gotta find a better way to do this because you you know i'll send john my notes at 4 30 in the morning and he'll be like what are you doing 30 (laughs) pages of notes 30 pages of notes at four in the morning i wake up next morning i go oh angela i need to give you a virtual hug But it's just, I, I will work out a process and, and I'm getting there. And in fact, I've, I'm doing notes today on an episode that's taken me a day. So uh, right. and I, was, I was really disciplined with myself on. The other problem I have, of course, is hyper-focus is quite a big part of ADHD, if you know anything about ADHD. So if something does interest me, it's not enough for me to know what's in that one book what's been written by that one person. I need to know everything. And I can't skim over a fact in the book that I don't understand and go, that's probably not relevant for the podcast. I don't need to know that. I'll go down rabbit holes and I'll find, you know, I have to know everything. 
And that's what I've got to stop doing. <laughs> sort of, I, I remember just reminding me when I did um, I did Mastermind last year and I did Brutalist Architecture. And when I was revising for that, I read several books and I was revising. And then there, again, it was about four in the morning and I found myself watching YouTube videos of concrete pores. And I was like, <laughs> that's no, this, just your porn. That is that- <laughs> exactly. You're, they're not, this isn't going to come up. <laughs> you don't need to do yeah. this. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it is, I will say for me too, it's a fair bit of work. I don't, we're not moaning. We love doing it, but you can't do, um, a subject justice without reading about it and taking notes and and framing a st- structured story in a, in a in a chat. So I heard Angela on off menu uh, the other week, and I sent her a message going, "I really enjoyed that." God, making their podcast is so easy because they just, <laughs> just, just, just turn up, chat about, <laughs> chat about food, go home again. That's you know, but I'm I'm not famous enough or funny enough to get away with that. So we have to do a bit of work. <laughs> We made the rods for our own backs a little bit. There is yeah, part yeah. of us that goes, why have we done this? Mm. But, well, obviously we love doing it, John. Otherwise we wouldn't yeah. three years later still be doing it because yeah. we've not, you know, we've not made money. That's certainly not our um, reason for yeah. doing it. Uh, so we do love it. And I love John Rennie's just put in the chat Wikipedia. It's tempting sometimes to just go, oh, fuck it. I'll look at Wikipedia and just sort of reword yeah. it. But I, I wouldn't get satisfaction out of doing that. And you don't. Yeah. Wikipedia can be a useful resource, I think. If you come across something in your notes, you're like, I'm not 100% sure what that is. Yeah. And you can just look it up and go, oh, yeah, okay. It'll give you a bit of background to something. But, you know, if people could just go and read Wikipedia, what's the point of us? It's the quirky little stories that you pull out of books that I think are part of the uh, pleasure of it. You go, oh, I've got this detail. Look at this detail here, Angela. I never knew this. And that's that's part of the pleasure. Yeah. I mean, somebody's on the q and I don't know if people got the Q&A open as well, but somebody, Caroline Smith has just asked, do we ever cast an eye over the topics other history podcasts have covered? I don't think we do, do we, Angela, really? We don't, because it's now because you've got... I like of... to pretend they don't exist. Hey, <laughs> so... <laughs> um, I don't have time to listen to them. Uh, um, B, I wouldn't want to say, oh, they've done that. So there's no point in us doing that. Um, it's happened a few times, I think, where we've had episodes on the same topic as another history podcast at around the same time. Yeah. And often that can just be a coincidence, but often it can be because we do sometimes tie in our episodes to something that's going on in the news or whatever, and they obviously yeah. do the same. So, for example, or it could be, do you know, we did um, the Profumo affair when there was a drama about it yeah. on TV yeah. or things like that, you know, that will connect. Um, so obviously if you do that other podcasts are doing that as well yeah um so i tend not to look because like john said if it's going to put me off doing something i really want to do then that's you know i wouldn't want to go oh they've done it we can't do it because it it won't be the same anyway often as well it's you know you're like like we said before you guys aren't historians you're learning from other historians but also you're pulling out the things that you find interesting which is what uh you know that our listeners find interesting as well right i mean edwina said yeah. she loved the perfumo episode so there you go thank you edwina <laughs> thank you edwina um right this, this is a bit of an odd one and i'm wondering if you know this uh because i don't not a historian uh vinay from Djibouti says how are james the first and james the sixth the same person i mean it's that him king that's a very easy one oh, God. yeah it's james james the sixth of scotland became james the first james the first of england after the union right so so basically scotland had its own kings uh separate to england for centuries and then one day you know there were no heirs to elizabeth the first and the nearest relative was james her cousin 
So we hadn't had a James up until that point in England. So we said, we'll have you. You're James. You could be James the first. And they go, oh, no, we've already had fave James. Oh, John. So <laughs> John, I wondered how long it'd take before John did an accent. That's how they talk about them. <laughs> and uh, so, and they, so for them, um, Elizabeth, uh, the queen that just died, was Elizabeth I for Scotland. And, you know, mm. she was our Elizabeth II. That's that's the simple answer to that one. That, 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 we were worried we were going to be asked. I didn't a know quiz. we were going to get exam questions. Yeah, I So that was kind of yeah. That just showed my uh, ignorance. Um, Storm Moon asks, "What is one of the most surprising facts you've learned while researching for the show?" This is Angela's. No, you haven't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. Just, um, I've got a genuine oh. piece of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> If you say so, John. John, most surprising facts that we've learned. Oh, oh God, that's a... That's a good one. I, oh. uh, I've immediately forgotten every episode we've ever done. What well, surprised us? Oh, sometimes there's things like, you know, the head of the CIA, Miles Copeland, was the dad of the bloke in the... Copeland's dad, the, yeah. The dad of the police, and crazy things like that. Um, yeah, the connections that come up can be really... Oh, that's... Yes, how everyone was all, yeah, yeah. Um, like so, like in the perfumer affair, there was some party with um the Russian, you know, uh, naval attache and perfumer, oh. and I think Sid James was there. And I thought, <laughs> Sid James for the carry on film, it's like that's insane. Uh, so those little walk on characters is quite funny when people are linked. I, lo- I love those little details, awesome. I think as well, when lots of these stories, particularly in the early 20th century, sort of you know, interwar and during the war. You have these kind of obviously elite circles that people moved in. And so they do pop up in each other's stories quite a lot. And I think that's something that you kind of, when you're just learning about history and you're not um, au fait with that stuff, you know, you just sort of, oh, these people were all, they were all had their hand in history. You know, it wasn't just the people sitting in Westminster. It was their mates at home or their, you know, yeah. that these ties and these links. And I think... Just the more I read and the more I learn about who's really kind of pulling strings or how, particularly as well, I think, how Westminster works or certainly how it worked in the early 20th century. Um, You know, yeah, really fascinating. Something that I do is that when I um, have to study something or um, like, you know, research and when I'm working on different podcasts, I become like an expert for that week on that subject but then like two weeks later and I'm working on a different subject it's just fallen out of my brain completely do you guys manage to like do you feel like you're learning as you're going or are you like me where you just have to kind of like dump to to then upload the next lot I think this is where John and I are quite different because John will we'll be doing a podcast and he'll go do you remember this is like when we were talking about this in such and such and and because of my lack of this working memory i will yeah exactly cram for a poll it's like cramming for an exam really doing the podcast sometimes and then immediately as soon as it's recorded i've forgotten everything that we said in it and and but i do that with books i do that with films and you know so somebody will say to me oh have you read you know whatever book and i'll go yeah i've read that and then they'll say you know the bit where this happens and it looks like i've lied about having read the book because (laughs) i immediately forget everything I've just seen or read. And it's like that with the podcast as well for me. Whereas you, I think, John, 
have a brain that just sort of connects things a bit more. A bit, a bit. I mean, uh, when you were talking about the, your favourite women in, in the Cold War, I was like, oh, God, yeah, of course, I've forgotten about her. So there's a bit of that with me as well. We're all getting Ooh. to a certain age. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say menopause is playing its part as well for me. So we'll put that excuse in there as well. <laughs> wonderful oh, um, Graham asks do you guys ever look around the areas you live for inspiration for potential subjects for a podcast has that popped uh, up at all it's a good question I don't know if I have really much I was, I was interested in the uh, the, the Windrush because of them coming to Clapham first the people, they came from the Windrush and they were putting tents in Clapham Common and in the deep tunnels in Clapham South and Clapham North and I thought well that's got a personal connection here and the reason I live in a very diverse part of South London is because that's where the the people from the, the Caribbean came in 1948 and settled so that was a extra bit of interest for me and then the Perfumo yeah. affair I grew up next door to Cliveden so that was a, I'd always been in my childhood about this thing that happened there so th- those affect my interest I think yeah, I think there's not so much necessarily about the area I live, although maybe you could argue that saucy postcards came out of living in Brighton. I don't yeah. know, maybe. But um, I certainly think from your, from our own sort of experiences, so I think my kind of obsession with Germany particularly is from learning German at school and having a German teacher who taught us that stuff. And, of course, I was learning German at school at the time the changes were happening and reunification happened and stuff. So it was really, it wasn't just about learning the language. It was really exciting times because she was German. She was really excited and, and full of stories and things. So that really connected with me. So I think that's, you know, there's a sort of personal link there that makes it interesting. So, but yeah, maybe I should look more locally for stories. I'm trying to think if we've done any kind of, Brighton stories or Kent stories? There well, Graham has just asked, Graham Court has just asked, is there enough about the story of the bombing of the Grand Hotel in 1984 mm. to be local to you, Angela? Now, I just read Rory Carroll's uh, book, Killing Thatcher, and it's a gripping story. And maybe that's mm. one that I could do. Uh, put it on the list. Put it on the list. I have got, you know, my own sort of little bit of sidebar on that where I got trawled by the Daily Mail for what I said about that in my first book. So um, that's a a thought. So you said, is it one for Angela? It might be one for me, just having read that book and remembering it so clearly. Yeah, Yeah. brilliant. Listening, Alison Munro has said after, she found herself listening to Mark Steele's podcast. Well, that's great. Ah, yes. Yeah, that did that gave us a boost, that one. Alice wants wants to know our favourite episodes. What should we listen to? I don't know. What do you think, Oh, my gosh. I think for me, one of my favourite episodes, because it was an early one when we didn't, we were like, we don't know if this is going to work or John and I didn't really know each other before we started doing this. And, and I remember we recorded it in your house and I was just like, how has this happened? I'm sat in John O'Farrell's Actually, we're in your bedroom, which is even weirder. Um, Better acoustics. That's all the only reason. Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, you know. Um, Actually, no, I think this one we recorded in your kitchen was the Spy Pigeons. Okay, and, yeah, that's a good one. Because that story had come out of, um, I'd gone, it was my birthday, so it would have been 2019, I think, for my birthday, my husband took me to Bletchley Park. Um, so I'd never been, and I'd always wanted to go and have a look around, so we spent the day there. And they had a display about spy pigeons. We sort of walked into this room with this display, and we sort of laughed, oh, spy pigeons, ha, ha, ha. And then we read it, and it was just fascinating. And then we found the book, um, that uh, Gordon Carrera, I think it was, who wrote the book, 
And it was so fascinating, wasn't it? And I think you and I both found that really. And that, that for me was the start of us going, oh, I think we've worked out how to do it. You find a book that really yeah. fascinates you and then you just read it and tell the other person about it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that episode's got a little place in my heart, I think. And, and that's a good example of uh, something I didn't know about until Angela you know, pointed me in that direction. And then I learned something and I thought, well, this is amazing. Uh, somebody just mentioned Sealand. That's, uh, that's, oh, Emma, Sealand. Emma that's another great example of something of I didn't really know anything about. I went, is there enough in this, Angela? And I read the book and I went, I remember oh, you saying that to me, is there enough in this? I was like, oh, John, there's enough in this. <laughs> and now she's maybe a Lord of Sealand. I'm actually officially, a, she may be a Lord. I can't find my certificate, Angela, because it's in my file in cabinet. Oh. I, I would have shown I've it now. I've got some but... Sealand, um, I don't know, you won't be able to see it if I just move my thing. No, I don't think you can see, you can see my yeah. bar. See, that's a drink oh, there, Angela. Oh, um, um, just above the wine rack is oh, a little yeah. framed thing with Sealand stamps. That's what that is, isn't Fantastic. it? Fantastic. Yeah. Little frame, there you go. There's, glass, there's <laughs> bottles look a bit empty there, Angela. <laughs> Yeah, they're not mine. They're my husband's. Honest, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheryl says, thank you so much for doing the story on Mary Seacole. She's from Jamaica and studied Caribbean history all the way up to A-levels, but no mention was ever made. Which is such a sad thing. So, yeah, hopefully with um, slowly, slowly, people are becoming more aware of such amazing contributions from people all over the world that should be taught about in world history. It's not just all about uh, Britain, is it, and the empire? Yeah. And that's yeah, something, and that that's is something, something we, yeah. we Sorry, set out to go. make ourselves do. I think that's mm. something that I've had to go, I don't know enough about this. I've got to make myself learn about more about the slave trade. and more. I'm just reading a book at the moment about the... Um, the uh, revolution in 1791 in Haiti um, about the first successful slave rebellion. And I thought, well, uh, why aren't we taught that? I'm going to learn about it and talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. And, and that's something that is educating me and hopefully lots of our listeners. I remember the first one we did, and I, I really can't remember the the book we read. I can't remember his name, which is awful, the, that was written by the free slave he had a very unusual name um olusano yeah yeah oh, oh gosh i can't remember his name he changed I'm sorry, his name a lot memory. but but, but that was we a good were example. sort of yeah when we did that episode we were kind of nervous isn't the right word but we you know because you're aware of you don't want to get it wrong you know you don't want to but also you don't want to not do these topics because you're scared of getting them wrong or because you think people won't listen or because you think you know, we wanted to learn about it and we wanted to talk about it. And I think as long as you're up front at the top saying yeah. we're doing our best here, we, we've just learned about this. And particularly with something like that, where the, the material we had was very old and contemporary. And so some of what was in it might not sound right today or might not be, yeah. you know, how the story's told today or whatever. As long as you're up front about that, I think we need to not shy away from doing those stories. Yeah, although... Uh, we try and do things that also has some potential for comedy. And sometimes you have to go, oh, this God, this is going to be half to laugh about. We can laugh at ourselves and we can laugh about stupid things people have done in history and what an idiot, you know, James I was or whatever. But, you know, when you talk about slavery, there's not a lot of laughs in there and no one's to blame who was a victim of slavery. So uh, do you, that means that sometimes it gets a bit, heavy which is tricky but you know we don't want to shy away from things as angela says exactly again and i think it doesn't 
it doesn't hurt for us every now and then to have an episode that is serious. Like there isn't no knob yeah. gags in, you yeah. know. I don't no think knob gags. That's, <laughs> no, no knob that's gags. a deal breaker for me, Angela. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think, I think that's fine. It's not what we want to do all the time because we're yeah. silly people doing a silly podcast. We're not serious historians. And so we don't want to pretend that we are. Um, but every now and then, I think if you come across a story that interests us genuinely and we want to talk about it, then there's no harm in doing something that, that we don't take yeah. this out I of. mean, just on, on, the, on the chemistry thing, on how we both sort of approach this thing, Somebody, I've, the, the questions have flown by on this and somebody asked a question about how it started. It's sort of a miracle that the chemistry works so well, really, because Angela didn't know me, I didn't know her. I went to see her show in Edinburgh. I just sent out a tweet saying it was really good. And she saw that a few days later and went, oh, thanks for saying that. And then we followed each other on Twitter and occasionally liked each other's posts. And then one day out of the Met Blue, I got this message going, let's do the history podcast. And I was like, <laughs> well, that sounds fun. And uh, my kids were like, dad, that you'd love that. And, uh, but I could have met up with someone who um, had a different sense of humor to me or had a different political sensibility to me or just was someone I didn't get on with. But we get on really well. We've become friends. And I think the chemistry is part of the success of it, that we are sort of on the same wavelength about our duty to the truth and our duty and our not being like pompous historians and just having a sharing a similar sense of humor making each other laugh i think is the most important thing i think that's really important if we didn't enjoy hanging out then this would be a terrible awful process of you know getting the notes together doing the podcast and all of that stuff and i think i mean i i sort of had the advantage of having before i suggested it to you i obviously had read your books um i knew that politically we were quite aligned i knew that um, I'd read your, because I, I drive a lot in my job, obviously, as a stand-up, and I'd um, listened to your funny history books, your impartial history of written, yeah. or I can't remember exactly what the title is. Both of them, I'd listened to the audio books in my car and they made me laugh. And I'd been thinking about doing a history podcast and I didn't want it to be heavy or serious. And I thought, well, this guy, this is exactly the tone that right. I want for the history podcast. So... And I, I saw for ages I was thinking about it and then I was like, I can't just ask him out of the blue. This guy doesn't know me. He just saw me do a show once years ago. And then actually, I think it was my husband or someone just went, well, what's the heart of asking? He can only say no. You know, he's too busy or whatever. So I just sent you a message on Twitter and you came back and went, yeah, well, let's do it. Yeah. And it's been yeah downhill ever since. <laughs> Downhill ever since, yeah. We've been to my wedding. We've been, yeah, yeah, fantastic. It's been amazing, and we are so lucky that we're going to be having season, well, season that's American series eight, really soon. You guys have already started recording, Um, so that's coming up. That's going to be, I think it's like mid September. That's going to launch, uh, and and a week earlier for patrons and ad free for patrons too. Um, But we're coming up to. Plus, you get the t-shirt. Plus, you get the t-shirt. Hang on. All right. Well, while we're talking, (laughs) oh no, I'm not wearing. Before I forget, because I look at this. Look at these. Look at these coasters. These are worth a hundred (laughs) pounds. There you go. I put the link in the thing. (laughs) <laughs> in the comments box never done product placement before there we go of course what's your one say what's your happen. of course it that says, could of never course happen. it could never happen today oh the irony the, the irony oh alison was asking <laughs> if um you can give a teaser for any season eight topics we have done already you did I think. Do one, didn't you because mm, of the book you read so we've done one so we've also well we, there's no harm in saying is there i don't yeah. think we we've done um John did a an Oppenheimer themed 
Yeah, I mean, beyond Oppenheimer, actually. He was going to do a film about Barbie, uh, yeah, an episode uh, about Barbie, and then change his mind. I went into the other, went to the wrong screen by mistake. So, <laughs> no, it's about not just uh, Oppenheimer, about Heisenberg in Germany trying to get the bomb, Stalin uh, and Kukachev trying to get the bomb, and Tube Alloys, the British uh, uh, operation to try and develop a nuclear weapon, all rolled into 50 minutes. That was an effort. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, that that was one where John, you sort of said to me, "Oh, this has been like you preparing a podcast." This one, I've gone through six hundred pages of nuclear physics, yeah, to try yeah. and get out the fun bits. Yeah, all the fun <laughs> of nuclear physics. So that's one. And then I, we're talking about uh, what was the other one we gave away? Oh, so the you... Glamour Boys. So yes, um, Brian, I won't yeah. give too much away, but it's very. It, it's about a little a, a group of MPs who stood up, um, sort of pre-World War II and uh, opposed appeasement, really, opposed the trajectory that the government, that Chamberlain's government was on in its dealings with Hitler and the sort of reasons why it was this particular group of people that that had a bit of inside knowledge about what was happening in Berlin at the time and and chose to stand up. Yeah. yeah. And then I mentioned that I'm doing the Haiti Revolution. I haven't actually finished the book on that. So it might be that I read that book and go, do you know what, I can't pull this down to a 50 minute podcast you never know but i'm hoping to get a podcast out of that and, yeah, and i'm uh, currently uh doing a podcast about the zimmerman telegram um Z- which Z- is uh, oh, yeah. an episode about basically about why um or how the usa came to declare war on germany and austria in world war one mm-hmm. so how they entered the great war yeah. I think that's but, a, you know, enough pieces. Don't give it all away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's wonderful. It's really exciting. And I'm so privileged that I get to be there to listen along. Uh, I often get to the end and go, oh, I haven't taken any notes. I've been in it. forgot that what my job was. I mean, Anne-Marie says privilege. Anne-Marie's the one who has to listen to us going, oh, bollocks, I've got it wrong. Oh, hang on, let me do that bit again. Oh, hang on. I'm like, <laughs> I've stumbled both my words. Yes, there we go. Yes. <laughs> um, so no. I just thought I'd let you know that our Green and Common gal, Samsung SM, she said her name's Sarah. Ah. So hi, Sarah. Oh, hi, Sarah. And hi, Sarah. she was just asking, just as a final... Final question. Uh, which British bunker would you recommend to a beginner, Angela? Well, uh, oh, there's a question I can ask without having to do any research. So if you want to visit a bunker, it depends where you live. Um, however, I and also depends what sort of bunker you want to visit. But the most impressive bunkers are the regional seats of government bunkers. And so, as somebody's just put in the chat, Hack Green in uh, Cheshire, around that way, is a brilliant example and it's a really good restoration. What happened after these nuclear bunkers were decommissioned in the early 90s is a lot of them were just returned to the original landowners. And some have done better jobs of restoring them accurately than others have. So there's famously, there's Kelverton Hatch in Essex, which is an incredible bunker and worth seeing, but just some of the stuff in there maybe take with a pinch of salt. Um, there's the the bunker that is my personal favourite, where I, uh, I actually have my hen do, um, and I'm a patron of the Restoration Project, which is, um, John's just slapping his head in despair, is uh, the Craigie Barn bunker in Dundee, and that was a Royal Observer Corps headquarters so it's quite a big bunker maybe it held about 100 people um and the the team there have done a painstaking restoration project i mean it's insane how good it is um and then all over the country if you google 
Royal Observer Corps monitoring posts. They're in these little hatches in the countryside. In fact, I've got right here. Honestly, I wasn't, I didn't know this question was going to be asked, but I've got, this is my bunker book. This is my, this lists all the bunkers in the country. So this is my little bunker Bible. Uh, it's just called Cold War Secret Nuclear Bunkers. Oh my and God. Somebody I saw that in a bookshop went, right, that's Christmas sorted with Angela. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, I bought that when I first discovered about these Royal Observer Corps monitoring posts. I wanted to know where they were because I kept finding them. So for example, I was one, just on a walking holiday with my husband in the Trossachs and uh, he's not into bunkers at all and I just spotted the ventilation shaft I went there's a Royal Observer Corps post over there he's like for fuck's sake can't even go on a walking holiday without you just stumbling on a bunker um, but yeah the, the Royal Observer Corps posts lots of them have been restored and they have open days uh, so if you're down south there's the one at Cookfield in Sussex has open days in the summer I know if you're in Northern Ireland there's one in Porter Down uh, that has open days. And they're, 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 I mean, there was 1,500 of them. A lot of them are derelict now. A lot of them are flooded or full of asbestos or whatever. But, um, yeah, there's a lot lot of them around. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And, yeah, in the comments box, some other people have put some secret bunker in Scotland near St Andrews is great. Hat Green, obviously. Yeah, that's the one in um, Amsterdam in Fife. Ah, that's a good one worth visiting. So Mike yeah. says the Western Approaches Museum is in a bunker, and that's where they control the convoys. Ah. And uh, Rebecca says she was pleasantly surprised by the World War II one in central Liverpool. Uh, and Matthew's... And oh, I've not been to that oh, one. Okay. i tell you what is worth a visit that I have been to. And John, I don't know if you've been to this or not, but the deep level shelter at Clapham South. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've been days. there. I've been there. That's amazing, yeah. Um, and the open days there are incredible. That was a World War II um, shelter that was built for. Um, but it's had so many uses over the decades since. It was a hotel for the Festival of Britain, a penny hotel. God, God. Uh, it was, like you say, used to house people coming off Windrush. There's loads yeah. of stuff it's been used for. So, yeah, get to an open day down there. That's really and good. Rhea Sloman points out that all of the nuclear bunkers are signposted secret nuclear bunker on a brown <laughs> sign. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> well, I'm going to um, just have to wrap things up there, I think. But thank you, everybody, so much for joining us this evening. Um we're we're so chuffed, oh, honestly. Yeah. I I thought there was going to be about five of you. So and you've thank all you asked so much. such good questions and interesting. Yeah, really good. You actually have heard them. You've actually listened to them, which is fantastic. Thank you. Sorry, we haven't been able to answer everything, uh, but um, we'll be doing it again. So um, yeah, you'll get. Maybe you'll get your chance. If you're time. able to, if you understand how to do it, because I don't necessarily know everything about Zoom, but could you show your appreciation for Angela and John? Maybe uh, raising your hand you know, on the on the dashboard at the bottom. <laughs> that would be lovely. Oh, is that a thing? Oh, look oh. at this. Hey, there we go. There you hey, go. Wow. Thank you so much, guys. And yeah, keep <laughs> okay. uh, keep yourselves tuned. We'll be uh, releasing new Series 8 um, in the third week of September, but it'll be in mid-September for Patreons. So feel free to check Great. out the page there. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you, Anne-Marie, for hosting this and making it possible. Yes, thank you. And for taking us on and whipping oh us into shape because yeah. um, we didn't know what it's we were so doing fun. for the first six series. <laughs> so thank you for sorting no us out. No problem at all. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Take see care. Good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Bye. Bye. Good night. Your History is written and presented by Angela Barnes and John O'Farrell with audio production by me, Simon Williams. The lead producer is Anne-Marie Luff, and the group editor is Andrew Harrison. With artwork by James Parrott, We Are History is a Podmasters production.